Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, coming at you from Helena, Montana. And today I've got a fun interview with another ranching couple, uh, Butch and Doreen Gillespie are from Keevan, Montana, and you can actually see the sweet grass hills of Canada from their place. So they are a very north central part of the state. Uh, they've got some great experiences to share and are active on social media. And speaking of, before I forget, be sure to catch me on Twitter and Instagram as AgProudRyan. Find me on Facebook as I am Agriculture Proud. And as always, you can find all of my content at agricultureproud.com. Be sure to click the podcast tab. You can find previous episodes and notes for this episode uh, and be sure to send me a link if you have somebody that should be on the podcast um, here we are at the middle of march and it doesn't look like winter much anymore in this part of the country we don't have a lot of snow on the ground uh, it's been pretty dry but the mountains still have a lot of snowpack but in other places they're pretty dry but a lot of ranchers aren't uh, aren't complaining too bad about the conditions for calving season uh, a lot of young calves on the ground and so definitely a busy time of year uh, in ranching business here in montana and the region and across much much of the country as well especially as farmers get on their mind and are antsy to uh, to get out in the fields this spring uh, so back to today's interview, uh, catching up with Butch and Doreen Gillespie uh, during the Winter Grazing Conference in Missoula, Montana, a few weeks back, and uh, they've got some exciting things to share. Uh, not only are they are they great ranchers, uh, but they're also uh, ranching in some challenging conditions, a very arid part of the state, um, but they're very involved in leadership in their local organizations, state organizations, and nationally stay very involved and on top of the issues as well. Uh, but something I thought was unique about this couple, uh, not only do they have international experience and, and have traveled quite a bit, but they work a lot with youth, uh, not only bringing out youth to the ranch and helping them to learn about the business, uh, but they ra raise club cattle. Uh, and for those of you who are not familiar with what club cattle are, you may have heard of fluffy cows a couple of years ago when they became the internet sensation of the cows that had a whole lot of hair and they just looked like your cuddly teddy bear. That's not what we would call them in the industry, but but that might help you help you acquaint with them. And I showed cattle as as a kid, and definitely involved um, in 4-H and FFA and things like that. And and I love to talk to couples like this who who work with youth and really want to support uh, those lessons learned, those programs that help to teach kids a work ethic and help them to get involved in the industry from a very young age. So I hope you enjoy this this interview. Uh, stay tuned afterwards, and we'll catch up on some notes and advice that Butch and Doreen Gillespie from Keevan, Montana, have to share. Uh, and as always, shoot me any questions or any suggestions that you have on Twitter as AgProudRyan or go to agricultureproud.com. All right, well, I'm here with Butch and Doreen Gillespie from Etheridge in Keevan, Montana, so far north, uh, north Montana, just south of the Sweetgrass Hills, correct? Yeah, pretty much so, but actually by the Keevan Rams. Okay, all right, so that's that's pretty close there. So, yeah. um, so just give us a brief, um, Butch and Doreen, just give us a brief uh, overview of, of what your cattle operation is and, and kind of how long have, have y'all been in the business here in Montana? Um, well, we kind of went, you know, we raise, uh, of course, cow-calf pairs, but we kind of started thinking that it would be fun because our kids were in 4-H and we enjoyed doing that so much with them. So after they left, 
we continued on with Club Cavs and we've been able to meet young people from all over the United States and uh, it's amazing uh, the great kids that we have in agriculture and so our whole idea was you know the more we can keep kids interested the better off agriculture will be and give them a good experience and kind of like when people raise bulls you know people come and buy their bulls to better their herd well we raise club calves because it's a specific industry where kids can take a steer that is designed to do that and uh, do well and whenever a kid does well they feel good yep there you go so for those who aren't familiar with the term club calf uh, what what does what is a club calf it's a calf that you sell to kids that are in clubs like FFA and 4-H and they go on and compete against other young people in shows and it's kind of like a dog show I guess best in show you can get the grand champion and becoming a grandmother I really understand what that grand word means now <laughs> Oh, for sure for sure so what's uh, what's one of the more rewarding experiences of getting to, to work with youth and being able to see them take those calves through the show ring and the whole learning experience that comes with that. I guess probably just uh, the exposure to young families that are interested in agriculture and livestock and doing a good job with them and uh, uh, exhibiting their showmanship skills as well as their feeding skills. It's a multifaceted uh, thing to, to make a good calf, a better calf and go out and compete in the real world. So I think it's a great foundation for, for kids and for us it's really, really fun getting to work with uh, good young people, both kids and their parents, and, and uh, watch them do better, watch them compete. Oh, for sure. And you've, you've both given some, uh, some youth over the years an opportunity to learn a little bit more about ranching uh, through some internship programs. And, and how, is, how has that kind of helped in, in with the operation, but also being able to give back and, and share those experiences with people who may not have the opportunity uh, to do that otherwise? I guess, uh, you know, for us here again, it's been a great learning experience, um, not only for them, but for us as well. And just comparing techniques that um, may work here versus Australia, or Europe or wherever the case might be and here again most of these kids are just good young kids that want to get out experiencing they're adventuresome and most of them are really open to new ideas learning new techniques and and why they work here even though they may think they're not going to work quite as good in their home country uh, but uh, so like I say it works great for them and us both uh, to expand our horizons a little bit and an experience that I really enjoyed was we had a young lady with us from Norway that was uh, a vegetarian and uh, so I thought well it's only an eight-month program why not learn a little bit about that and so I started learning all about doing vegetarian cooking for her and Butch said to me one day are we ever gonna eat meat again but so I realized I was kind of skipping that part of it but what was so great is we totally accepted her for not eating meat and before she left us within eight months she started eating meat and she told me and I didn't do anything she just decided she wanted to and she told me her father was going to love me forever because she was eating meat again so I loved that part of it but just accept, accepting someone sometimes can make them understand well maybe it isn't so bad to eat everything oh for sure well did you have a few more vegetables in your meals following that that experience 
probably yeah. did a little bit. So we learned a little bit about both sides of that table. <laughs> I went back to my meat type diet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, you've also had the opportunity to kind of travel around yourselves and, and working in the Peace Corps and working with um, some cattle operations in, in different parts of the country and different parts of the world. Um, what are what are some of those experiences and, and maybe what, what have they taught you that you brought back into your own ranching operation now? Okay. I guess, I, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I have more of the South American experience. Uh, Doreen has more of a European experience in her travels, but... Uh, uh, but I was in a uh, Peace Corps in Ecuador, right on the equator, uh, where we got 150 inches of rain, uh, as opposed to maybe 8 to 10 to 12 inches in the Kievan Etheridge area. So, uh, so for me, that was a real eye-opener uh, to a totally different type of agriculture, even though we were working with cattle. Uh, down there, we worked primarily with uh, Brahmins. Uh, because they were the only ones that could really make an impact on the local uh, cattle population there being more, we call them criollos, but kind of like longhorns are here. And, uh, and it is just amazing that, well, I was lucky I got to work with a veterinarian uh, that had been down there, a fellow Peace Corps volunteer, uh, but he did a lot of parasite uh, studies while he was there and, and worked on that, so I got to work with him, learn all that. and. Uh, then we did manage a herd of about 70 Brahmin and Santa Gertrudis cows. And then we put the offspring out on project with some of the local farmers to ha and also to work with them on their management skills uh, to help do a better job of doing what they were doing. Sure, sure. And, and Doreen, what about you? Well, um, I've uh, my mother was born in Reykjavik, Iceland, and my father's parents also were from Iceland. so. I have the opportunity to go there because I have family and a real unique experience I had is I took my mother to visit her sister in Denmark because my aunt married a Dane and uh, my cousin took me to a dairy farm and it was really interesting to see how they have kind of a whole enclosed area where the house is on one side and the barns are on the other and I got to go through the barns and see how they work their cattle and how they milk their cattle and what was surprising to me, that um, might be different now because that was in 97, but the dairy cows were more moderate than the dairy cows we have here. So I thought that was really fun to be able to experience firsthand because I have cousins that live there to go right onto a, an agriculture place and see everything that they were doing. And Butch, you had mentioned how little rain that you get in your region of Montana where you're ranching. What's it, 8 to 10 inches? Um, something like that each year and so what are some challenges that come with with ranching in such a dry and arid climate? Um, I guess maybe that's why we're here in Missoula today <laughs> at the winter grazing seminar <laughs> learning new teaks, uh, techniques to uh, to deal with low rainfall areas uh, uh, lesser productive areas uh, they can still be quite productive but it just takes different management techniques to uh, to get the most out of what there is. And uh, and yeah, like say for us, a good year is probably 12 inches, maybe 15 at the most. We think we're really sailing and, and going big guns. So uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, a very different uh, part of the world we live in. And, uh, and so, you know, you try to do what you can, uh, the rotations, the rest rotations, uh, not overgrazing, leaving some stubble height, and you know that gets kind of tough to do with uh, 
you know, with eight to ten inches of uh, of rainfall. But on the other hand, it pays big dividends if you can and will do it. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And y'all are both fairly active in social media and getting the word out. Um, how have you been able to utilize that to, uh, you know, for for the business, uh, raising awareness of, of your club calf business, but also in, in kind of advocacy for our communities? What's uh, what's been the best tool that you found in, in utilizing social media that way? I, I I'll jump in here first, I guess. Yeah, um, you know, and, and we're kind of no, novice at it yet, but uh, we are trying to learn because it is seemingly so important because uh, agriculture is only 1% of the population and most people have not a clue about what ranching and farming is really like and maybe don't even have a real appreciation that we are the ones that uh, supplies the food to the grocery stores that they think probably grows in the grocery stores. (laughs) And uh, so it is really, really important and there's so much misinformation out there too uh, that if people like us don't take the initiative to um, uh, try to present the data or a balance of data, uh, nobody knows the difference. And uh, and so to be productive and to feed the world, which is becoming more and more of a challenge all the time, um, you know, we have to present our case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, in the agriculture industry, uh, Butch and I, w- we try to get onto areas where we can talk to more people but uh, the challenging part is is that I just was in a a meeting where this gentleman was giving us a talk and he said he had a friend that was a biologist and would he come to this grazing seminar and his friend said uh, not hardly all what livestock do is destroy everything and you know this is an attitude or, or, or perception that I would really like to help change because we are probably the first conservationists and uh, the land is what makes us an income, and if we don't take care of that, you know, who wants to have a who wants to have a business and say, well, I'm just going to destroy it because I don't want any money. <laughs> I mean, it is it's what we do, and if we don't take care of it, it isn't going to take care of us. And we really need to let people know that our most important thing is to take care of our land and our livestock. You know, I guess a lot of people talk about sustainability, and and if it wasn't for sustainability. Uh, we wouldn't be in agriculture. It has to be sustainable uh, to stand the test of time and continue and, and with a greater population every year. Uh, some of the projections for like 2050 uh, are really amazing, you know, how everybody in food production is going to have to up their game. And so that's part of our responsibility too and is, is up in our game, but also projecting that message out there that you know we are up for the challenge that's right you mentioned sustainability and there's so many different facets to that word today it's kind of become a buzzword but ranchers really do have to be sustainable not only in in the environment but for to be a business and and economically viable we have to continue that and and that's pretty important for family ranchers to to be able to to do that is and continue on to the next generation or the next year even a lot of times and I guess being sustainable also means being profitable. And so often profitability, is, especially with corporations, for example, is looked at as a dirty word, but it doesn't matter whether we're a family working in town or a farm family working on the farm or whatever. Uh, your job has to be profitable. 
uh, for you to continue to do it. Uh, for us to be in agriculture, it has to be profitable. And especially if we're going to improve it and make it better, uh, there has to be some money you can spend on improvement. So profitability is a, a very good word and, uh, and very necessary if we're going to continue to advance. Yeah, something else I would add too is that we feed the world, basically agriculture does, and there isn't anything that I would produce that I wouldn't feed my family, so people don't have to worry about what we produce. If we'll feed it to our family, you better believe it's okay for your family. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, And one last note, y'all are, uh, are very involved. Um, I see you at a lot of different industry meetings, and, and you've been very involved in your local livestock association. Um, what advice would you give to other ranchers who um, maybe look at involvement, um, and, and why do you think it's so important? I guess because we do need to spread our story. Uh, you know, that's paramount. And, uh, and actually, it's kind of fun. It's a challenge. A lot of times, you know, it's easy to stay on the ranch or the farm and, uh, and because there's so much to do there. And you think, geez, I just don't have the time. I can't do it. Uh, get out and, um, and spread the word. But uh, it is very, very important. And, uh, and it is a real challenge. And, and I think as you become uh, more accustomed to doing it, uh, you just kind of fall right into it. And, uh, and, and it is kind of fun. <laughs> I view it as knowledge is power, and if you have the knowledge and the facts behind you to uh, advocate what you know and counter some of the falsehoods that are out there, that is the real uh, important issue that we need to do because if you don't have your facts straight and if you're just going on an emotional feeling, it goes nowhere. But if you actually have the true facts to tell people, and if they Google it, you know, because we live in a, in a world of Google, <laughs> they can look it up and go, oh, they were saying exactly what is true. So it's really, really good to, to continue to, to educate yourself so that you have the knowledge to, to pass on to others. Yeah, they're very, very good advice and important to, to be involved and stay on top of these issues that are going on. So, and one last word, uh, where can people find you online, uh, social media or, or website or, or whatever it may be? Well, let's see, I guess both Doreen and I have Facebook accounts uh, and we do have a, a Gillespie Show Cattle uh, account uh, on Facebook. And uh, then we also have a website, www.gillespieshowcattle.com. You can see pictures of our place, uh, some of our winners, and, uh, and just a little bit about what we do up in northern Montana. There you go. Well, we certainly appreciate the time, and, uh, and thanks for sharing some of your advice and, and wisdom experiences throughout the year. Thank, Thank you for you. everything you do, Ryan. Appreciate what you do. Well, that was certainly a great opportunity to sit down and have a, have an in-depth conversation with the Gillespies, and I uh, I always learn something every time I sit down with them. I you know I say that a lot about several ranchers, but but it's really true with with Butch and Doreen. Uh, they're they're a great couple to be around and and to get to uh, to to have some great conversations. They've got some great insight and are really passionate about uh, about what they do. So uh, if if you'd like to learn a little bit more about um, Club Calves. And, and what they're doing uh, in the show notes at agricultureproud.com. I've linked to the Gillespie's, 
the Gillespie's Facebook page, and you can find them at GillespieShowCattle.com. And uh, be sure to hit them up and and let them know what you think. Uh, I tell you what, it's always an inspiration to sit down with ranchers who uh, who have a lifetime of learning uh, through trial and experience, and to get to uh, to hear some of the lessons that they've learned as they share that with the next generation, and to have have a couple that's so uh, so generous with their time and their efforts to give back to to youth. Uh, through the show club calf uh, program um, and, and their calves go all over the country and, and to be in, so involved in their, their local uh, and state organizations and being sure that uh, that they're doing their part to advocate for the ranchers behalf as well is, is just a great inspiration and I'm, I'm pretty glad very glad to be able to work with ranchers like this so uh, well I won't take up much more time I, I think uh, that the interview was great and uh, let me know what you think and let me know if there's somebody else that I should have on the podcast coming up soon so you can find all of that at agricultureproud.com and click on podcast I hope you enjoyed this and stay tuned for more uh, this is Ryan Goodman with Agriculture Proud. Thanks for tuning in.